Joy seekers, joy givers, anyone looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor. I'm your host for today, and it's going to be all about adventure on today's program. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I get these fantasy worlds where I think of all these amazing adventures that I want to take. And then I actually meet someone who's doing the adventure and I think, oh my goodness. And that's what today's show is going to be all about. It is my honor and pleasure to welcome to the show, Polly Scotland. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Deb. Well, you wrote this book called The Adventure and Her Husband. Now, I know you, but I'm reading this book and go, I don't really know you at all. (laughs) (laughs) So we got to start though with, let's get a little bit of a feel for you because Polly, as I'm reading this book and these adventures you've been on, and of course, I know you from church. I know you from having had a daughter who was a foreign exchange student. We shared the same year. And I'm thinking to myself, you've got this like hidden thing about you. (laughs) So did you always have an interest in adventure growing up? I totally blame my husband. (laughs) Of course. Totally. It's always on the husband. (laughs) This whole thing is about him. The only thing I do is write about it. Oh, yeah, but you've been on them to write about it. So prior to meeting your husband, Lee, did you even have an adventure bone in your body? Or did this literally emerge from getting married? And then Lee says, oh, let's go do some adventures. My parents took us on a summer vacation every year. And my dad loved to go to as many states as he could. That was kind of his goal to get to all 50 states. He would drive out of his way a station wagon full of eight kids and go up to Idaho, just across the border to say we went to Idaho on our way to California. And coming home, we'd go to Four Corners because that way we could get four states in one, put your hands in one state and your feet in the other state. I love it. So he sort of introduced us, but it was always pretty tame things. It wasn't with a backpack or a kayak paddle. It was your basic, let's go to Disney World type of a trip. But there was a bug there. There was a bug for adventure. There was something about curiosity, something about expanding beyond the horizon. That was definitely instilled in you even from a young age. Yep. I've always loved the ocean and the lakes and being outside. I'm always outside. Yeah, I love this. So you obviously you get married and Lee's like, oh, we're going to have some adventures. And you probably had no idea. Well, it was an acquired taste, believe me. I thought I was going to be sitting at a country club sipping Mai Tais, and then all of a sudden, we're stationed in Anchorage, Alaska, compliments of Uncle Sam. And so, what are you going to do in a city, Anchorage, that has a road going north and a road going south? If you want to go someplace, you have to experience it in a whole new way. And so, we spent every weekend fishing for salmon bigger than I am. Uh, We got our private pilot's license because in Alaska, that was the same as getting your driver's license. You get a pilot's license or you go on a raft trip because that's what everybody does. And we had no family there. So people around you become your family and that's who you take trips with. So skiing, hunting, fishing, climbing boulders, you know, that's just what you did. I, I love this. So I've obviously been completely immersed into your book, The Adventure and Her Husband. And it's interesting because, you know, I I read your first one was on Nepal. I mean, I was so drawn into that one. 
And I think, oh, this is going to be my favorite one. And then I'd read the next. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe that's it. Oh, no, wait a minute. And then I'm thinking to myself, no, they're all amazing because there's something amazing about each one of them. One of the things I really got curious about is how do you pick where the next adventure is going to be? Is this just, oh, we get a whim on something or maybe who might be a guest in your party? I, I was curious about that because as I'm reading it, right, like this is obviously all nice and organized because it's post the adventure, right? Right. So how did you guys pick? Here's where we're going. I think when we're on an adventure, we meet so many amazing people that are willing to share their favorite adventures that when you're sitting around the campfire and if you happen to have company across the campsite, you might invite them to your fire and then like, you get talking, and then we've discovered some places that way. We've discovered some places by there's something called the Midwest Mountaineering Expo that's every November and April, and we go to that pretty religiously, and I have been a speaker at that on some of my adventures because not only have we learned about what we want to do, but I want people to do what we've taken, too. So it's a give and take. But this expo has from basically 9 to 5, Saturday and then Sunday afternoon, from 9 to 10, that time slot will have six different speakers. And you can choose what your topic will be. Do you want to learn to uh, how to kayak in whitewater? Do you want to learn how to cook campfire? Do you want to know what state parks to take your kids to? So all different levels, all different interest groups. And you pick and then from... 1015 to 1115, you'll go to a different set of six speakers. But of course, you can only go to one. So Lee goes to one, I go to another. At least we, you know, zone in on, oh, wow, I learned about this. And he'll say, oh, well, I think we should go here. And so we kind of stockpile up things that way. One thing I loved in the book is that you can definitely see each of you have different skill sets. So you talk about this horse sense that Lee's got, you know, kind of just this, you know, it's not about the map. It's not whatever. He just he has the horse sense. And then there's also this time where, oh, maybe the map would serve us. Then there's also just this sense of how you both go about it. You both approach it differently, and yet it somehow is working for you. Well, each book, and this is my second book, so starting with my first book to this book, we're talking about over 45 adventures, and each one is a building block for how to improve the next one. We come away every trip with, oh, we need to do this the next time. And so they're all learning experiences. And to me, it's an experience because I'm sharing it with Lee. Yeah, which is it's just so beautiful in and of itself. There's one place where you talk in here about Somebody had taken a wrong route and everybody was getting turned around. And there was this message you left via, it sounded like a piece of toilet paper with a favorite <laughs> candy bar. Tell me about the message of the toilet paper with the candy bar. Well, see, that's a uh, lesson that we learned. Before this incident, every time we'd come to an intersection, because I'm walking by myself, Lee, or if it's my brothers are on the trip, someone has to stay at the intersection until I catch up. Because I don't know if they're going left or right because they have the map. I just follow along. So on this particular day, it was the last day, and we were taking an alternate route. And 
my brother, he admits that he thought he had to be macho and stay up with Lee. So he was trying to stay up. And when we came to the intersection, I didn't realize it was to the left. And they went down. No one was at the intersection. And I waited, I waited, I waited. And I heard voices to the right. And I went over there and I said, which way's the trailhead? And of course, for them, mountain bikers, it was to the right. But to Lee, the secret cutoff was to the left. And so I went the wrong way, and I went, I think, three miles out of my way. Maybe not that far, but I turned around and realized that I saw a landmark I should have been heading towards. Turned around, got picked up by the car, but in the meantime, my brother said, oh, Lee went back up to look for you. He said, you better retrace your route. And so that's what I did. And when I got to the intersection, I left that mark, (laughs) the sign of a piece of toilet paper with a candy bar, So he would know that I was safe. Yeah. And hopefully another hiker wasn't going to come by and say, oh, somebody left. Well, (laughs) where we were, there weren't other, there would be a mountain biker, but not another hiker. Something else that really struck me as I was reading this too, were the little things that you found, for example, uh, the plastic bag that was attached to the tree. And I believe it was the initials AK, if I remember correctly. Um, by someone who had passed through there and wasn't able to yes. make their uh, connection. And they basically yeah. were saying, I'm alive, mm-hmm. I'm here, yes. here's when I'm here. I thought, well, that was really smart of that person to do that. And you later actually made a connection to make sure they were I okay. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know if this person made it out safely. Wow. And they were very happy to hear that somebody followed up on that note tied to a tree. Wow. I mean, that just, to me... That was on a Lake Superior kayak trip, so that's really remote. When I read that, I literally had goosebumps going up and down my arms because I kept thinking about times I've done, not this remote of voyaging, but some remote voyaging and thought... What if that was your last contact? I mean, seriously, when you're out in those remote places, you don't know what's going to happen. What if you ran out of food? What if the storms come in? I mean, you just don't know. And at least somebody would know, okay, this person was here. Here's the date they were here. And I actually thought it was really smart of that person. And how kind of you that you followed up as well. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> well, and then you, I love the thing about the beach ball. The beach ball that showed up that somebody had written their name on. Well, they actually launched it on purpose, but the wind was so strong. It it was a wind on Lake Superior that could upend ships. Sailboats were tossed over to the side, and they just did it. And a week later, I found it at the complete other end of Lake Superior, as far away as you could possibly go. Wow. And then I called them up, too, and they just loved to make that connection. (laughs) Well, and this is, there's something in here about the connection you've made with other people. Do you think that it just happens more naturally when you're in this type of environment? Well, everybody's willing to help. If you see another human being, it's just amazing. You have instant rapport. Well, speaking of rapport, I'm not sure if this is where it comes in, but there was the place where you're talking about uh, the kayak, you were the water, and you were saying, oh, do we need to correct our uh, something about an inch? And Oh, the, oh, the hat. The hat, The hat's yes. on the front of the tandem oh, no, kayak. Be fine, but you would put your <laughs> sleeping bag in a dry sack. Yes. And I, you have this vision of you going up and down the, the beach trying to dry all the stuff out, Trying right? to dry the tent. Oh, so my gosh. Because the tent was soaked. 
Oh, it just, it's amazing. And it really, it was a miracle that God provided one hour of no rain and sun and wind, an hour, that's all we needed before dark wow. to get into a dry tent Wow! with wow. one dry sleeping bag. The other one was drenched. Wow. Oh my gosh. We have so much more to talk about <laughs> and God does provide. And we're going to talk more uh, about how God does provide on these journeys. We are talking with Polly Scotland, author of The Adventure and Her Husband. You're listening to Live Joy, Share Joy. This is Deb McGregor. We'll be back right after this break. When it comes to planning for your future, you want an advisor who understands your Christian values. Ameriprise Financial Advisors Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson offer financial planning based on biblical principles. They can help you plan for your goals in a way that is consistent with your faith. Call Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson today. Office is located downtown Bemidji at 122 3rd Street Northwest or at 1202 1st Street East in Park Rapids. Ameriprise Financial offers financial services without regard to religious affiliation or cultural background. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Arise Financial Group, a division of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. This is Deb McGregor of Live Joy, Share Joy. I am always looking for guests who may be interested in joining me for our program. If you or someone you know has a testimony of how God is working in his or her life, I'd love to hear from you. I have an interest form on my website at lifefulofjoy.com that you can fill out and submit to me. We are often booking shows out two to three months in advance, so please be patient as we go through our interest forms. Shine your light to the world. Realtors Noemi, Harry, and Abby of Team Aylesworth with Real Living First Realty are here for all your real estate needs in Bemidji and the surrounding communities. Whether you are looking to purchase a home or looking to sell, call the award-winning customer service team to help. Please contact Noemi at 218-760-4689 or click the link for Team Aylesworth on the Business Impact Partner page at yourqfm.com. Team Aylesworth with Real Living First Realty, where you are their priority. This is Deb McGregor of Live Joy, Share Joy. We are speaking with Polly Keith Scotland, author of The Adventure and Her Husband. And as we went into the break, we were talking about how God provides. And we're going to get more into the how God provides. I also want to talk about how he provides the people to you that often accompany you, because sometimes it's just you and Lee. But as I'm reading in the book, I'm realizing, oh, this person got to go and this person got to go. I recognized a few names in there. And I was like, well, so is this by invitation only, or did people say to you, hey, we've been thinking about this. Would you be interested? I was kind of curious about how does one make the invitation list? <laughs> <laughs> well, most of the invitation list is usually by Lee, you know, just talking with a few people. Like our, our first invitation was with Dr. Craig Benson and his wife, Barb Benson. They were going on sabbatical from medical leave for one year. The clinic had never provided a one-year leave. And Craig kind of said, well, would you guys like to join us on a couple of our trips and on our year off? And that's how we did our first desert hike in uh, the um, Grand Gulch, which is not in this book, in my first book. But we started to hike with them, and it culminated with a hike in Copper Canyon in Mexico, because the four of us found out that we're really compatible. Lee and Craig are the same pace, and Barb and I are the same pace, and each couple provides for their own couples 
everything, but we share the companionship at the end of a night together. So that was, we got started with them through Craig's sabbatical. And then one day, one of my three brothers said, well, I'm from Texas. I'd like to join you on a trip. And so that's how he came, and he liked it so much that he came every year. And then my youngest brother, after 15 years, said, I would like to join you too. Can I come on one of your trips? And I'm like, oh, yes, this is what I want to do next. And Lee said, Polly, if he wants to come, he has to do everything. He has to pick the place, pack it, plan it, and we're going to go along to make sure that he survives. Well, basically... Lee's going to go along. They invited me, but <laughs> they really want Lee on the trips. And Lee has, like I said, he does have that horse sense, but that's how my brothers basically invited themselves. And then they turned into really good wilderness people, and they've gone on many, many trips with us. Wow. I, I love this. It's just so, because to to be able to share an experience like that, is such a gift because when you're out there, you're not dealing with cell phones. I mean, you're dealing with stars in the sky. You're dealing with having to go out to the bush to use the, you know, to use the, the cell phones don't you will. work right. where we go. Exactly. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's fascinating how when you take out all of that and listen to the beauty of sounds of nature and not the noise of everything else, like it completely shifts who you are and you can see that you can see that in this like you really get grounded. I want to talk about God provides. Uh, one thing that stuck out for me is, you know, for example, you have times in here where, you know, catching a fish. Like, oh, here's something we've got a fish. But there are also some there's some harrowing times in here. I mean, literally even reading about when you were in the kayak and some of the waves coming up. I mean, I could feel like my blood pressure, I think, was like, even though I know, of course, you're here and you're alive and everything's fine. But when I read that, it's like for a minute, I'm there with you. Take us to that moment. Are you praying? Are you so exhausted that you're just like, okay, keep going, keep going? What happens in your mind in those moments? Well, you do have those moments of mantra where keep going, keep going, keep going especially when your kayak is going backwards because the wind is so strong. I mean, you are making no progress whatsoever. And you're exhausted. I have come to some beaches where I've landed and just flat out, I had to, first of all, peel my fingers off of the paddle because I've gripped it so hard that you have to literally take them one at a time and get them off. And then you just fall onto the sand and you just lay there, and then you come in. Oh man, that was pretty. That wasn't so bad. Because <laughs> it's sort of like after you have kids, right? You, <laughs> why do we have another one? Oh, you kind of forget what some of that was about. Well, right? I think that's part of God's plan too, is to not let you remember everything. <laughs> but really, I just when you're at the quiet of night and looking up at a shooting star come down, or how the light reflects on the water like gold coins sometimes and just the beauty of the nature the rainbows how many rainbows have we seen it's just awe-inspiring every trip i come home physically mentally and spiritually refreshed every single one of these even though you have literally had to dig deep sometimes just to get out i mean you're talking about some of these days of hiking 
eight hours with these inclines and you've got, I mean, even times that you were dealing with probably a little elevation issue. (laughs) (laughs) There have been those. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. yeah, here you are like, okay, yeah, I would do it again. I mean, just, so when you come back, how soon is it before you start planning the next one? Or is it, okay, let me just take a breather. (laughs) Well, actually, as we're on it, we're always in a way thinking about what is the next one going to be. And then Lee has to remind me now Let's live in the moment. <laughs> We're on this trip now. We're going to focus on this one. But when we get done, it's like we always know what the next one's going to be. That is until COVID and a pandemic hits because <laughs> you have to be flexible enough to change course. So let's talk about the pause, if you will, in, in this pandemic. How has that affected the adventuring that you would normally do? Have you been able to find something that the need, if you will. Well, we did. Of course, all of our plans were changed, but they changed to, for one instance, Chapter 20 is a kayak trip in Alaska this past summer, which was incredible. That's in the United States. You can do a kayak trip there. That was amazing. Or we took a trip to Montana. It was an area of the Bob Marshalls, not the famous Chinese Wall, but a different area. And that was in a fire area from five years ago where it just burned everything down. And since it was wilderness, they let those fires go through because that's nature. That's the way it is. And even though we're in a charred, stick-filled wilderness, it still had a beauty of its own when you see new life popping up between these charred logs. It was a different beauty and it was a different adventure, but that's... What you do, and we're already talking about, well, if we can't do this this year, then we'll do, well, maybe the Chinese Wall of the Barb Marshalls. You know? Yeah, absolutely. One thing that just being, you know, I'm from Montana, so of course a lot of these places that you're talking about or the experiences is very normal to me, right? Um, one thing, though, I was really captured into in the Montana was the week where you had, it was like fall one day, spring another day, snow another day, literally it was in this course of what thirty six to forty eight hours. Uh, yeah, and five was, days. Yeah, in and five I was days. thinking, mm-hmm. like, how do you pack for that? It, because you're obviously you're packing your packs in. You've got your tents. You've got all this stuff, and you're trying to prepare for all of these weather conditions. Not to mention the potential of grizzly bears, right? Because <laughs> they haven't hibernated yet. <laughs> well, I don't think on that trip we saw any, but I've been on many trips where I've seen the bears. So yeah. Well, and there's a difference between a grizzly and a black bear for people that don't know that. And right. when you're in the Bob Marshall, of course, They're I think the black. Yeah, I think that Lee had commented about the bear, the bear scat in one place, and so I was like, oh yeah, we we know about this, right? So if people are listening and they're thinking, well, maybe I want to be an adventurer. Maybe I want to do this. What suggestions would you give them for where to start? Oh, in your own backyard. I'll tell you one of the nicest trips I've taken. Well, two of them. The North Country Trail, which is a grassroots effort to connect up the longest hiking trail, non-motorized, begins in North Dakota or ends in North Dakota and goes or ends in New York. And Vermont is trying to connect up to, which would be an eighth state. So you could walk across the Midwest on a trail and it's in most people's backyard. From us, it's just, you know, 30 minutes away. 
So that is a really lovely trail. I do recommend not going during bug season unless you have good bug spray, but we always go August or September or October, or even into November. Right. Those months. So that's just in your own backyard. Another great one is the Superior Hiking Trail. Now, that's pretty popular, so that has a bit of a disadvantage is that you have to be a little more prepared on places to stay. There's also something called the Border Route Trail, which literally you can see Canada, and it follows a lot of the Boundary Water lakes, but that's a really good hiking trail. And since we are in the pandemic, you know, you got to stay mostly in the United States. I mean, maybe Canada will open up better this coming up summer. They did for a while last summer, but that border route trail is beautiful. So there's opportunities to start with that and maybe just one night or two nights and just get a taste for it and then build from there. Yeah, start somewhere, build from there. So what is happening this summer? Where are you going? (laughs) It's hard to say. We were hoping to um, finish the coast-to-coast trail of England, because we only did half of it in the book. We're hoping to do that. We'll see. That's supposed to be May 1st. We also do want to go back to Montana. We loved that. And then wherever my youngest brother plans, he always comes up with really good ideas. So whatever he's planning, and then uh, our ultimate is going to be Australia in October. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. There's so much more to come. (laughs) And then you're going to write another book for us, and we're going to have you back, right? (laughs) For sure. So I know that people are listening. They're going to want to know how to get your book, The Adventurer and Her Husband. Where can they purchase this book? Well, where I live in Bemidji, Minnesota, they can get it at Four Pines Bookstore, the Bemidji Woolen Mills, and the Sanford Hospital in Bemidji. Or it's available in Duluth, Minnesota at Fitker's Bookstore. Or there's three locations at Ferguson Bookstore in North Dakota. And those locations are Grand Forks, Bismarck, and Fargo. Or, last but not least, you can get the Kindle version or the black and white or color version. I have uh, three formats, and that would be on Amazon. Wow, so people can get access to this, no problem whatsoever. And I highly recommend it, and uh, it's it's an amazing, you can't put this down, seriously. It's, it's an adventure just reading the book. Polly, thank you so much for coming to talk to us today. Well, you're so very welcome, and thank you for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we want to encourage you to find your next adventure, and Polly, we wish you the best on your adventures as well. Thank you for choosing to listen today. We want to also thank Philip Elke for engineering for us today. And we want to remind you to live joy and share joy. This is Deb McGregor. Have a great day. Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy. Thank you for tuning in to Live Joy, Share Joy. We currently have availability for corporate sponsors on the show. Do you want to be aligned with all things joy and reach our listening audience? We have several options available, including our joy boosters. Contact your QFM today for sponsorship details.